that now's the time to really lay hold of his kingdom purposes for my family. That if I would really do that, God would move in my family. He'd move my children and my grandchildren, even the ones who are not born yet, my generations. Because God has a plan and a purpose for families. The Bible says to Abraham, in you, all the families, that's what it says, that's what the Lord told Abraham, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so God is a father, first and foremost, and his desire is to touch families. And if you would like that for your family, uh, if you're sincere about it, you can have it. If you want to stand up, I'll just pray this. And you can just bring it into your heart, and it'll begin to impact you. And you'll begin to, I immediately begin to see some, some breakthroughs in my family that we've been praying for uh, for a while after I got this, this very powerful. And maybe sometimes I'll tell you how I got the word, but uh, it's kind of a in, intense spiritual word so but it's a real word raise your hands to the lord and think about your family think about your children your grandchildren your parents your brothers whoever you have think about them and think about god's purposes for them think about the father's love for them think about god's heart yeah salvation redemption fixing things so we call it forth lord right now in jesus name we call it forth for families today. You, we're calling that word, the Abraham, that you've fulfilled. Abraham has truly blessed the nations. Uh, Lord, we think about all the inventions and stuff, even in the natural, that have come through Abraham's line. And also the spiritual blessings of being in Christ. But today, Lord, we're calling forth again for that blessing upon our families. We're calling forth for healing for our families. We're calling forth for deliverance for our family. We're calling forth for breakthrough for our family. Lord, we're, we're, we're saying fix them, heal them, deliver them. And now, okay, Lord, do that, but don't stop there, Lord. Do something great with them. Call them, cause them to be whatever, uh, wherever you've called them, cause them to prosper, Lord. Lord, we just speak to their bank accounts. We speak to their mortgages. Lord, we speak to their, their, their natural possessions today, Lord. And we say, heaven come down now. Heaven come down now. Heaven come down now. Touch their bodies. Touch their checkbooks, Lord. Touch their check. Pour money into them, Lord. Give them a heart for your kingdom, Lord. Give them a heart for the nations, Lord. Give them a heart for what you have. Yeah. I see also this, that scripture that talks about witty inventions. You know, the Lord loves that kind of stuff. He's, he's fascinated with inventions. Lord, release inventions through these family. Things that would help mankind. Things that would, that would employ people. Things that would prosper the nation, Lord. Woo, yeah. Let's call that in. You're, you may have somebody in your family that has a, has a powerful anointing for that kind of thing. Woo, for those who belong in the ministry. Uh, for, you know, for preachers and missionaries. and Woo, yeah. People who do, do lead worship and, you know, do all that awesome stuff. Lord, we call it forth today in the name of Jesus. Yeah, children's ministers, children's pastors, people who love babies. Woo, Lord, we call it forth. Young people. People who love young people. Isn't the Lord good? See, God's interested. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to believe this. And one thing you can do with this word is you can share it with other people. You can tell other people that God has a heart for their families. 
you can tell other people that and you can begin to speak life over these people, speak hope into their families. And as you do that, that word will grow in you. It'll get bigger in you. It'll, it, and it, because God wants to release hope, hope to people. And what better hope is there when you see your family being blessed and prospered and touched by the Lord? That's the, that will launch you. That will launch you. Yeah, release it, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, come on. Shama, shama. <laughs> Ooh, the Lord's good, isn't he? Shikaboomba, yeah. All right, Shikaboomba. That's Donna Collar. Yes, Lord, we shall ride with you, right? Mm. I just want to sit here and soak in the presence of the Lord for a minute. I got really touched in the worship this morning. Yeah. How many people got touched by the Lord during worship? Yeah, the Lord was wanting to just touch hearts. That's, that's all He cares about. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Mm. I remember when we went to um, the hospital in Atlanta when Art Nosh's little girl had this, Abby had this major surgery on her heart because she was born with a heart problem. And she had to have like a serious surgery. And uh, so we went down there. What's the name of that hospital? It's, uh, Emory. Emory, yeah. Emory Hospital. It's an amazing hospital built for the glory of God. That's, that's what there's a plaque there. The person who really provided it said it was built for the glory of God. Isn't that awesome? And uh, we saw the Lord really keep Abby alive. And, t- and do, it was like this was like as big a deal as you could do to your heart and still, still be alive. You know, if it was any worse, she couldn't have lived. And, and the Lord really helped, kept that baby alive. And one, of the, one day, Becky and I were taking a shortcut through buildings in the hospital. We figured out how to take shortcuts. One of the places we walked through was the cancer hospital for children. And the time I got through that, I was ready to kill somebody, mainly the devil. Because when you walk through a place and you see children with cancer, there's something in you that gets messed up in a good way. There's something in you wants to make you roar, yeah. you know. And I felt at that moment that that awesome. I was so thankful for that hospital to be there for them. But I was thinking, where is the body of Christ for them? Where where are we for them? Where are we for them? And we're that's where we're wanting to go. We're wanting to go that far. We want to go to those places. You know what I'm saying? And so we'll pray for the sick until we fall down if if your big toe hurts, you know. But we want to see the day when God begins to heal supernaturally children with cancer. Wouldn't you love to don't you long for that day? We should all be longing for that day. And everyone born over this in this room, we should be starting to get some real passion in our hearts against the devil and what he's done to people. Because when you see that, what I saw that day, you know there's a real devil. And that real devil is, is, is at real work in this world, destroying lives. So, Lord, give us that, not only a passion for Christ, but a true hatred for the devil. You know, Jesus didn't love the devil, I'll tell you that. He loved everybody else, but not the devil. Right? All righty. I'm thankful that Asha introduced my... I have this message I want to give you that's... I've never talked about this, but this has really grabbed my heart 
is about rewards. She said, she talked about this reward. Yeah, and I began to see last year in the Sermon on the Mount this concept of rewards. And it's a, it could be a very misunderstood subject if we were legalists. We could take it the wrong way, but since we're not legalists, we can take this for the way it really is. Um, let me read just a few scriptures to you. Actually, I'm going to read a lot of scripture to you, but I'm not going to talk too much. I just want to show you this. It's all in the Bible, all in the New Testament, all in the Gospels, all in Paul's writings, all the way down to the end in Revelations. And this can really have an impact on you if you will allow God to begin to put this into your heart today. But this is what Jesus said. This is a famous scripture, Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That's, we love that, right? All these things, whatever all these things are. But on the other side of the coin, if we seek other things first, we lose the ability to have those other things that are readily available to us. In other words, we lose the ability to see those things. We lose the ability to put our hands on those things. It's not that God strips them away from us. We literally strip ourselves away from them. Okay, you're going to either be in the kingdom or you're not going to be in the kingdom. There's no, there's no, you can't put one foot out here and one foot in here and prosper. Okay, everything out there in the world is dying and decaying. The world is, is full of illness. It's full of sickness. Okay, the world system is. The kingdom of God is full of health and wholeness. Okay, Matthew 13, 12. It says, this is... Uh, Real meaningful verse. For whoever has, to him more will be given. Isn't that wonderful? To whoever has, to him. If you have the kingdom, if, if the kingdom possesses you, you will receive more. You will get more. And he will have an abundance. That's the Father's heart for every person, is that we would come into a place of abundance. He would bring us to a place where he can just pour everything out on us and give, give everything to us. Okay, but listen, but whoever does not have, now this is the truth, even what he has will be taken from him. Now that's a biblical truth. There's no way to get around that. That's, that's the Lord himself speaking. In other words, if, if we possess the kingdom and the kingdom possesses us, we are going to gain and gain. But when we begin to separate ourselves from the kingdom, we lose the ability to have those things and they, they, we, they start... Dying, they start going away from us. Does, are you following me? God's not trying to take anything from anyone. He won't, he's given everything already. But the problem is, can we access it? Can we see it? Can we embrace it? Can we let it into our lives? Okay? And he's saying, if you don't, if you don't, then you will begin to lose it. Christians become, I've seen Christians slowly backslide and the light that they once carried in their life becomes darker and darker and darker and God seems a far and far away y'all know what I'm talking about okay so to me in essence that's what the Beatitudes reveal to us they reveal how God wants us to think so we can have access to all that he has for us that's what they're revealing they're revealing a way of thinking an attitude, a way to live your life so you can access all these things that God has. So you can begin to tap into an abundant lifestyle that He's called us to. 
Isn't that powerful? And I think when we begin to understand that the kingdom works on a reward system. He's a rewarder. He is a rewarder. God is a God who has benefits associated with Him. So long Christianity has given a view of God. You've got to follow God and give up all these things and how painful, how sorrowful that life is. But yet Jesus had a whole different view of that. He had a view that no, you're not going to give up nothing. You're going to gain everything. You're going to gain everything because God rewards. You know, you go to work for certain companies, big companies, large corporations, big, small, whatever. They have benefits associated, right? Not only do you get your salary, but they have insurance. You get days off where they pay you for laying around on the beach. Those are benefits, right? You get these benefits. Well, the kingdom of God is loaded with benefits, Loaded with benefits. Um, I want to just read this one. Psalm 103, 2 through 3. We, work, we know this, but he uses that word. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I mean, we need to not forget we got some benefits coming to us. We got some things coming to us. We got some things we can have. Forget none of his benefits. That's what this is David, King David. Don't forget. God is not just trying to take from you. He's just not wanting you to live in a sorrowful world. He wants to benefit you. He wants to reward you. He wants to bless you. He wants to enrich you. That's the heart of the Father. Forget none of His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. That's pretty big because you know what iniquity is. It's different than just sinning. That's your lifestyle. That's the footprint you leave. Iniquity is what's happening. And He forgives all that. And He heals all. Everybody say all. All All your diseases. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to get to the place where we believe this stuff so much that we fight for it. That we walk into a children's hospital and we start fighting. We start like somebody's going to pay for this. That's what we should be thinking. When we see somebody like, especially a child, we should be thinking somebody's going to pay for this. Somebody's going somebody's gonna to be hurting over this. This baby's going to get saved and healed and delivered and the rest of the family. The devil's going to be sorry he ever touched those babies. And I think when we begin to think that way, something could happen. Well, listen to this, Matthew five forty six, Sermon on the Mount. This is what Jesus said. If you love those who love you, what reward have you? All of a sudden, he just keeps in it. That ain't going to be any good because he's saying even tax collectors, those people, tax collectors are bad news. They, that's why I use the word. If you ever dealt with the IRS, you will know why he used that word. <laughs> because that can be a little rough at times. Strike that from the record. <laughs> but he used it in that day because they was really rough. They, were really, they weren't just working for a bad organ. They were bad people most of the time. And uh, he said, hey, anybody can love those who love you. And he was saying, there, you know, there's no reward in that for you. But if you can love, if you can love somebody that don't love you, if you can love the outsider, if you can love the unlovely, then there's a reward for you. I was talking to a friend of mine recently who I hadn't talked to in a while, and we were talking about another friend that we have. And he was telling me how much that guy really loves me. That's what he's saying. He really loves you, Byron. He thinks, he talks about you all the time, how great you are. 
And I said, well, you know, I really love him. I said, but I tell you the truth, he's a really hard guy to love. In fact, I know God gave me love for that guy because I don't really love him on the natural level. I love him on the supernatural level. You know, and if you love somebody on the supernatural level, you can love them on the natural level. You really can. It'll start coming through. You, yeah, you'll, you might be irritated with them every once in a while. But anyways, listen to this. Take heed, Matthew 6. Take heed what you do, what you do not, that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do charitable, now he's talking about the Father. When you do charitable deeds, y'all should be doing them. Do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. They have that they may have glory from men. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. That's what Jesus said. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street, streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. See, he was, he was into this reward thing. Jesus, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And then in verse 16, Moreover, when you fast, uh, y'all should have groaned on that one. I, I did. Oh, why did you have to bring that up, Lord? Do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. Sorry. For they, they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. I don't disfigure my face to appear to men. My face is disfigured because I'm in such hunger pains. So I am not done that. But I have had a disfigured face, a miserable face fasting, thinking about food. Don't chew chewing gum when you fast. I have learned that. It'll make you hungry. It really is true. That's a scientific fact. It really is. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you you fast, I would rather have if you fast. If you feel led to fast, (laughs) anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Isn't that powerful? Let me tell you one quick Arthur Burt story. When he was a young guy, he was fasting from combing his hair. No, fasting from looking in the mirror, right? (laughs) Looking kind of rough. Went to work one day, and his boss man let, run and made him go home because he looked so crummy because he you know, couldn't comb his hair. He had hair. Couldn't comb his hair right. I thought that was funny. You know? He had hair. I didn't think that was funny. Yeah. All right. Let me just read another. I'm, I got a couple more verses. I'm going to tell you something that's really good. Therefore, Hebrews 10:5, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Now, that's a really a good word for a lot of people in this room because a lot of people have gone through troubles uh, 
And one of the things that I've noticed that has happened to people, people lose their confidence when you go through a difficult season, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you don't, you haven't been through a difficult season. And the enemy takes advantage of us when we're in vulnerable spots. And we begin to lose our confidence. We begin to lose the truth in us. We begin to lose what we believe God's said about us and said to us and our calling. All that, we begin to lose those things. And the writer of Hebrews says, don't lose that because there's a reward in confidence. There's a reward. And I have met many people recently. I mean, you wouldn't believe some people I've talked to recently. I mean, people who have powerful ministries and powerful anointing that's gone through some bad stuff and have suffered over co- with confidence, a loss of confidence in their life. And once you begin to lose confidence, you begin to question things in your life. You begin to question yourself. You begin to strive working at what you're trying to do instead of letting this, this spirit, this anointing, this power of God flow through you. And so I think there's a lot of people on the earth today, a lot of really strong believers who are suffering over the confidence issue. And the writer of Hebrews said, you can't, you've got to hold on to your confidence. You've got to get that confidence back. You've got to get back to what God has said. Don't let your life, don't let your circumstances, don't let your situations dictate to you about your confidence. Because if, it, if you do, it is going to destroy you. You're going to lose this thing. And confidence will reward you over and over and over. Are y'all following that? That's really important. All right, Hebrews eleven six. 6, it says, Without faith it's impossible to please Him. That's a good verse, right? <clears throat> For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and listen to this, and that He is a rewarder. You've got to start believing God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So you see that there's faith, there's, there's rewards, and there's diligence all tied together. A person who's living a life of faith, there's going to be this, this diligence in them towards the Lord. That's what James teaches in his epistle, is there's a diligence that God will put in you. If you're really a person of faith, there's going to be something in you towards the Lord. There's going to be some, you're not going to be satisfied to be a normal Christian, a, you, know, you know, the everyday Western culture Christian that's not biblical Christian. You will, you will have conflict in your heart when you read the Scriptures and, they, and the Scriptures say one thing and your life says something else. That will be a conflict to you. You will get, you will get, you'll get all messed up over it. You'll start throwing your Bible around and you'll be doing some stuff because you'll see... God has more for me. God has a purpose for my life. God has an anointing for me. He's got a calling on my life. Will I sit back and just be what everybody else is being? Will I be like the world? Will I live like a nominal Christian? Is that how I'm going to live my life on this earth? And I get before the Father in heaven, and he says, every man will be rewarded for his works. The works that I created him for. The works that I have put him on this earth to do. He's going to reward us if we'll walk those things out. If we'll live those things. That's what he said. Revelations twenty two twelve. Read it. Jesus said that. And when we begin to think, oh my gosh, God put me here for a purpose. He didn't put me here just to live. And when we begin to take that attitude, I refuse just to occupy space here. I'm going to find out the pleasure of the Lord for me. I'm going to find out who I am. I'm going to find out who Christ says I am. And that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to do that. 
for the rest of my life, I'm going to pursue that. And that's how you come into this abundance. Are y'all okay? See, so we need... All right, now. Mercy, Lord. Matthew 19. Here's a great thing that Peter said. You know, he has said some good stuff to Jesus. Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? Now, that's a good question, I think. It's a good question to ask the Lord when you have forsaken some things, when you've had to let go of some things. Like, what's the deal, Lord? Anybody else had that thought besides me and Becky and Peter? And <laughs> I have, I'll tell you that right now. I usually have it in your bad moment. So Jesus said to them, listen to this. Surely I say to you that in the regeneration when the Son of Man sits on the throne of His glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Well, that's for those apostles. And everyone, anybody want to get in on everyone? (laughs) That's us. That's where we kick in here. Who has left houses or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Isn't that powerful? Let me read what, how Mark did that verse 29. It's Mark ten thirty. the same story. Who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time? Well, let's get real here. This is all of a sudden sort of abundance, right? He's saying if you left your mom and daddy, you can get a hundred times mom and daddy. Now, that's what Jesus said. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, and children, and land with persecutions, by the way. Mark wanted to make us really aware. That was actually Peter's influence there. He knew about it. And in the age to come, eternal life. That's a pretty big statement there, right? A hundred times what you've given up for the Lord. Okay, a hundred times what you've given up. Jesus says, I will give you a hundred times that. In other words, what Jesus was saying was this. You cannot outgive me on your best day. I mean, you can give me everything you got. I'll do, I'll, if you have a million dollars, I'll give you a hundred million. If you, have a, if you have one child, I'll give you a hundred children. I'll give you if you give it to me. If you give it up. That's pretty pretty powerful. You see, God is not talking about his his rewards are not based on a merit system. All he wants us to do is let go and give up. And what he wants to do is bring an abundance into our life. That's what he's wanting. He's really wanting to bring an abundance to us. That's what it's all about, is him releasing to us his abundant pleasure. So I wanted to take a moment and ask you to think about your losses in your life. The loss, the biggest loss you ever had in your life, the most hurtful thing that's ever happened to you, thing that you lost that meant the most. You think about it for a moment, okay? Because, see, that's what hinders a lot of people is they go through loss, but they can't let go of the loss. They can't let go of what they lost. Or they have an issue of God over it, even if they're forced into letting go of it. And see, as long as we have that, we're cutting ourselves off from God being able to give the blessings 
of abundance to us. You see what I'm saying? Anybody besides three people. I really want y'all to get serious here this morning about this. You see, this is, what the, this is how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God doesn't work with us being angry with the Lord. The kingdom of God doesn't work with us living in a perpetual state of questioning God and frustrated because he won't answer us. You know, it, none of that is going to work. You can never come into what God wants for you. You never can come into the abundance that he has. You, you have to realize that. You have to come into this place. Lord, i got to. I gotta move on from where I'm being. The only way I'm gonna be able to do it is I gotta let go of that thing that's in me, that's eating at me. And only you and the Lord can do that. That's that's really the key. Have you given them to the Lord? Have you given that person to the Lord? You know. Some, for some people, it's not even something you lost. It's, not, it's something God didn't give you yet. You know, this is what I saw this morning. I saw some single women. And they were at the age of wanting a husband. But what I saw, I saw flowers. Beautiful flowers. That's what the Lord said. They're flowers. They're flowers in my garden. And then he said, but they can't be a flower in my garden and be a flower out there. Because they'll die if they let somebody pick them, take them, set them on their table in their vase, their vase on the table, somebody that God didn't. And I think if you're a single woman, maybe you're even past Maybe you're not at that age of wanting to be married. Maybe you done done it and now you find yourself back out there in the single world again. And so I think the Lord really wants you to see yourself for who you really are. Is that you're a flower. You're a flower in His kingdom. That's how He looks at you. You're a beautiful... Because the Father's a gardener, the Bible says. He's a gardener. But you have to be careful. You don't let the wrong person pick you. A long person come and cut you off from that life source and take you and put you somewhere in a bottle of water that is really poison. If that's, if that's you thinking about that, I think God's talking to you right this second. And he wants, here's what He wants you to do. He wants you to give Him that that desire, that hunger, Lord, I want to, that's a good desire to get married, okay? I'm not saying it's a bad desire, but it's a bad desire when you take it into your hands. And I want, if you can give that, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. I'm not going to take this in my hand. I'm going to let the man that you have ordained to bring, that's going to come along the garden one day and see this, and he's going to know how to take this flower and help this flower be everything it's supposed to be. That's, that's what a spouse does in, in the Lord. And if you'll give that to the Lord, you'll be rewarded 
by the Lord. This is what Colossians 3.24 says. You see, all this is real practical to me. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing from the Lord you will receive this. You see, here's what, knowing, here's what a revelation of a reward. It leads you to understanding something, that you belong to something. You belong to someone. There's a, and there's an inheritance associated with belonging to that person. And it also leads into a revelation of the covenant nature of, the, of God the Father. That He has a commitment to you. He has a commitment to you and I to do things for us. And part of that commitment is to reward us. Whether we're good or bad, my, when, my, when we were growing up, and still to this day, I don't reward my children's ability to walk into my house and open the refrigerator, whether they're being good or bad. They have a right to my refrigerator. I've told them, even as grown-ups, you can go in my house and eat anything I got. If I happen not want you to have it, I'll hide it from you. <laughs> that's, that's part of the benefits. That's part of an inheritance that you and I can have in Christ is that we have access, we have rights based on who we are. But we had to, we had to let that work. We had, we had to give this thing. And, we, and I think when we begin to see that the kingdom works on a reward system, see, it puts us in a right perspective. It puts us actually in a place to be able to have everything that we desire. That God wants to benefit you. He wants to reward you. He wants to give to you. He's not trying to hold back from you. That's the Father's heart. Y'all okay? I haven't asked that. So, anyways, hey, you know, one of the great uh, inheritance that we're going to get is we're going to get the share in the, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. You see, ultimately, God is talking about a kingdom. Ultimately, God is talking about power. Okay? Ultimately, God is talking about His glory coming. That's really what He said. Hey, I want y'all in on all that. I want y'all in on power. I want y'all in on glory. I want y'all in on kingdom. And that's really what I felt like the Lord gave me to say to you. Yeah. Now, I want to say one more thing. I don't, I'm not trying to pick on girls this morning. Okay? I'm really not. But I do want to say this. I got this warning from the Lord last year. Okay, about a girl. I've said this one time. I'm going to keep saying it. About a girl who is in the kingdom, and she looked across into the world, and there was a young man out there, and she wanted that young man. But that young man was not coming into the kingdom. So she left the kingdom to go for this young man. And what I saw happen to that young woman is I saw a darkness come on her. The minute she stepped out, Darkness began, and the further she walked, the darker her life became, the grayer, the miserable life. She lost all the color that she had. And so I've been really praying about that for over a year now, okay? And I know, number one, it could be a specific person. It could be a specific person in this room right now, okay? So if that's you, God's trying to get, He is trying to, He's, you know, He's screaming at you, you know? But I think it also can be this. I think it can be the church. I think, I think in lots of ways that's what the church has done. I think we've walked out there into the world because we thought what they had was better than what God had to give us. And God is here to tell us today, that's a lie. That's a lie. 
And so that applies to every woman and every man in this room. If we're being tempted by what's out there in the world, we're, we're believing a lie. And that lie is going to eat you alive. And eventually, that lie will destroy you. I had a young lady one time who, who left her husband and went back into the world. And I did everything I could to try to reason with her, try to talk to her, try to convince her that she was doing something terrible. And she one day, I made this, the Lord said, you know what you need to do with her? You need to release her. You need to get out of the way. That's what he was telling me. You're in the way. I want to do something. But you need to move. You know, when God tells you that, you know, it's like, I better move. Because, you know, if God starts doing stuff, you don't want to be in between God and another person. Believe me. That could be a bad moment. I knew what he was saying. So I called this girl, had a great conversation with her, told her, I said, I love you to death. I'll always love you. I'll always be there for you. No matter what happens in your life, no matter what you do, I, if you just, I'm a phone call away. I said, but I got to let you go. She said, well, let me ask you this, Byron, before you do that. Isn't there grace for me to come back? That's what she said to me because she knew about grace because we told her about grace. I said, oh, Yeah. Yeah, I said, I'm not worried about grace for you to come back. Here's what I'm worried about for you. It's the lack of grace that's going to be on your life between now and the time you do come back and what's going to happen to you. And let me tell you about that person. I know that person to this day. That girl is an alcoholic and a drug addict. That's what she's become. And she's going. she's lost her family. She's lost... And why? That was because she stepped outside the kingdom and went after something that she thought was going to make her happy. And it's really basically destroyed her. And see, that's not what the Father wants for any of us. But He allows us all choices. Somebody send me a text telling me to hurry up. (laughs) So I wanted just to say that to you. And I want to pray for you and bless you, you know, and bless your heart to really love the Lord. You know, I really do. I want to bless your heart to really love Christ and, and, and be passionate for Him. And if, if the world was pulling on you, you know, tell the truth. Be truthful about it. And, you know, don't let, don't let it have you. Don't let the, what the Bible says, the lust of the flesh, the the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of love. Don't let that pull you away and you lose the reward, the benefits that God has for your life. Don't let it. It's an appeal. That's what Jesus did right from the start. He appealed to people. Think my way. Think my way and you can walk in this, in this glory. You can walk in my power. Think my way. So, Father, I just pray for every person in this room. I pray, Holy Spirit, conviction. For all of us, Lord, I pray you'd reveal areas of our life that may be hidden from us where we're, where, where we're backsliding, where we're stepping away. Lord, we don't want to be what Paul said about that man called Demas. Demas, having loved this present world, has forsaken me. Lord, please help us not to have that spirit of Demas on us, having loved this present world, but that we would forsake the love of Christ, the Father's love. So I just pray. Pray especially for young women in this room, Lord, that you would touch them. Young women, old women who need a husband, would you be courage, courageous enough to stand up right now if you'd like a husband? If you don't want one, just, just stand. 
if you would like a husband, let me, because I want to pray for you. Okay, if you have a desire for a husband, let me just tell you this. (laughs) If you have a desire for a husband, that's a godly desire. That's a desire from Christ. Okay, he gave you that desire. It's a right desire. I want to pray for you that you would have grace to let Christ bring that husband into your life. Okay, I want to pray that for you. So, Father, I want to pray for these women standing. These, and I want to bless them, first of all, Lord. I pray, Father, you touch them. You're a Father. You know what's best for our lives. If they're single now, Father, you know that's what's best. You know, Lord, you have, He says you have counted our days. You, Lord, you hold their tears in a bottle. I really feel the Lord's heart for you. I don't know why, but I do. But it's because His heart's for you. He wants... He wants to help y'all. Y'all put your hands on them. Get, if you can't get one, just go put your hands on them and, and just release this love and grace of the Father into them and just release the grace to be able to receive from God the Father and not take their lives into their own hands. Release the grace to them that they would be willing to let go of trying to make it happen their way so that they could receive the inheritance that the Father has. Lord, we're praying that over every one of them. We're speaking life over them today. We're telling them they're flowers. We're telling them there's nothing wrong with them. It's not because there's something wrong with you. You're not ugly. You're not fat. You're not dumb. The Father wants to say, I see you as a beautiful flower in my garden. And He said, see yourself that way. You're worth what He has. You're worth worth it. You're worth it. And Lord, don't let them believe anything else. Let them believe they're worth the man that you want to give them. I ask you to do that for them today. I ask you for grace for them, Lord. That they would know that there's a reward from heaven for them waiting before you. And keeping their eyes on what you would have for them, Lord. I just ask you to do that in Jesus' name. Yeah. We thank you for that, Lord. We bless them. We bless them in Jesus' name. We give them courage today. We give them confidence today to get that reward. We pray that that reward of that man, that husband, would come quickly in Jesus' name. We call for them. Husbands, come now. Come, husbands. Woo, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Lord. So if our ministry team can come on up, and if you want prayer this morning, you can come and uh, just receive.